Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA Kit by Endocana Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestions, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Effica Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Effica Unwind. Created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formulation of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget, promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast, home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. I've officially recorded my last podcast until the fall. I'm serving up one more casually baked chat after this one. It's a discussion with Jana Champagne, a parent and caregiver to a child with severe autism. Jana is also a cannabis patient, nurse, educator, and entrepreneur. She shares her personal and professional experience administering therapeutic cannabis for autism. This conversation is the tip of the iceberg. We'll have more discussion at the intersection of cannabis and autism coming up on future episodes. Through the PodConnects podcast network, I've worked at a summer residency at a recording studio in Vail, Colorado. 
I'm now booking in real life shows for September and will roll out a fresh season of Casually Baked later in the fall. Reach out to recommend your favorite cannabis cultivators, brands, industry change makers, and culture creators to join me on the set of Casually Baked TV. Email through the website at casuallybaked.com or DM me on social. When I'm there, I'm at Casually Baked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Truth Social. Now, on today's podcast, we're adding another layer to the discussions from podcast 244 with Mark England and 245 with Ryan Sprague. If you haven't listened to those, I highly encourage you to do it or don't, but do. Today, we're getting in the weeds on stress, breathwork, cold therapy, and cannabis with Brandon Powell, a third-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a level three Wim Hof breathwork coach. Brandon is also a coach of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, self-defense, and functional fitness. He owns and operates a dojo in Charlotte, North Carolina. Brandon teaches seminars and classes on the Wim Hof Method at his dojo and abroad. We discuss the roles of emotional intelligence, cold water, breath work, and sweat for healing the body. And we explore pairing cannabis in the process. But first, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, a CBD-infused muscle rub, PhD designed for what aches and pains you. Our challenge was to choose an entourage of ingredients, all with anti-inflammatory, pain-relieving, and or skin-soothing qualities. MJ is made by women, strong enough for performance athletes, and gentle enough for sensitive skin. Explore our unique ingredients and support your body and my small business at mjskinrelief.com. You'll always save 10% using promo code CASUALLYBAKED, all one word, at checkout. That's MJSkin, R-E-L-I-E-F dot com. Promo code casually baked. And if you're listening on your phone, scroll down in the podcast app you're using to see the episode notes where you'll find links to this offer and more from other casually baked partner brands. Shopping podcast affiliates is a win-win because you saving money on the things you want supports the production of this show. And so does taking a few seconds to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That one small action helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content, which is the friend economy in action. Now, last piece of housekeeping. In the latter half of this interview, you might hear a little background noise. I was pup-sitting Milo, a 100-pound Rottweiler lab mix who wasn't getting near enough attention from me. So he sat staring at me crying for 45 minutes. I tried muting myself, but obviously I had a show to run. I'm excited for you to meet Brandon. He's been described as a blend of warrior, shaman, relentless searcher, technician, and highly attuned teacher. By the end of this chat, you'll understand the value of conscious breathing and have the tools you need to develop habits that will optimize your nervous system, thus improving your health and overall life experience. Uh, yes, please. So smoke them if you got them and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base 
a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. It's a high time. We had a high time together. Brandon Powell, thank you so much for joining me on an episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Joe. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So the idea of breath as a tool has been interesting to me for a long time. I have watched the Wim Hof documentaries. I do webinars to try to understand how I can improve my own breath work and my own health. And when I started reading about who you are and what you do and listening to some of your podcasts or podcasts, <laughs> I was excited to have you on the show so that we could bring the world of cannabis and breath work and really even cold therapy into one conversation. So thank you for being in the flow with me and teaching us about the power of breath. Let's get it. All right. So one of the things that when I first met you and we talked, you talked about trauma being stored in the body. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I also know intuitively and also through practice. My sister is a consciousness coach and we do a lot of feeling our feelings. Where is that in our body? Breathing through it. And I think so many people lean on Western medicine and on talk therapy and on pills to fix these things. But we truly do have the power within us to, to help ourselves. So what is your experience of, of dealing with this stored trauma and, and how you have learned to use breath to, to move through that and, and release that? Well, you know, trauma comes in many forms. So there's very apparent, obvious trauma that you can see on somebody's body. If they endure something physically that, that alters them, I mean, you can see it, whether it be a scar or, you know, whatever it is. And then obviously there's disease and all these different things that are really something that are very tangible. But then you have emotional trauma that I really believe for sure, you can die from a broken heart. You know, there's there's no question that emotional trauma can completely affect you and, and alter you physically. For me, it's it, at least in my life personally, I think it was, you know, the accumulation of, of things, whether self-imposed through practices that I do, like martial arts, or whether it was the battery of life, just taking various things. And, you know, I have, I talk about this but I have things from my past, from my childhood that deeply affected me. And I carried a lot of trauma. I know 
you know, whether it be mental or physical, I, I think that it's all the same, at least what we're experiencing right now in the body. Right. So I've utilized a lot of tools through the years to try and help release that because I've been on a, I think maybe intuitively I've been on this healing journey, though it wasn't, I wouldn't maybe phrase it like that. I mean, I just looked at it like I'm trying to become a better person. So I'm utilizing techniques and these techniques have led me down a sort of a streamlined path. And funny enough, you know, it comes back to the simplest thing, which is learning how to use your breath in a way to release and really dictate your perspective, your physiological responses, all kinds of things. So for me, it was the direct experience with these things that showed me that they work. You know, I mean, there are, there's a lot of science now that supports the things that I happen to be into. But for me and for many of my teachers, I would say I would say actually all of my teachers, it's an intuitive thing where you have to have the direct experience to to speak on it or, you know, to have a perspective. So what I've what I've seen is something that's direct, you know, directly affected me. But then as a coach and someone who has worked to share these techniques, you, you know, you see it firsthand. So the anecdote is is big, you know, and it's so far reaching. This past weekend, I did a workshop and I had a lady um, and I don't think she would mind me telling her story because she was pretty open about it. And I think, which is powerful in regards to healing, you know, you can't hide. So she came out and within, I was actually still in setup mode for the workshop. Like we hadn't begun yet. And she was very early. She was the first person there and she came up to me. And within a couple of minutes of being at the workshop, she said to me, I'm dying of cancer. And I'm not necessarily trained to deal or feel, I don't know, that's a very humbling position to be in. And I tried to deal with that the best that I could. And, and I know that a lot of people come to these practices as a, sometimes a last resort, but a lot of times as a way to try and optimize themselves in the face of whatever it is, their trauma. And so talk about, you know, she had breast cancer that had spread into her arm and there was a lot going on there. And what she said to me pre-workshop was that she was in a lot of pain and that she hadn't been able to overcome this pain and that the cancer was spreading rapidly. And then post-workshop, she told me that she felt complete relief. Now, that's a strong anecdote. And I don't, I mean, I don't guarantee anything for anyone. I just say that you know, this is what she came to me. She actually wrote me this long thing that I received the next day, still saying how much relief she was feeling. And so I definitely feel that these techniques are effective. There's nothing new. They're ancient. There's ancient as anything that we can think about, mm-hmm. really. And so when you say, you know, outside of convention, like in how modern medicine approaches things, you know, it's, it's funny, the science is all there and it's supported. And in certain cases, 
I would say it's very much utilized these techniques and medicine is opening their their minds to a lot of things. And I, I do see progression, but at the same time, it takes a while. And I think that's where we find a, a conflict. Yeah. You know, and you talking earlier about the types of trauma that we feel, whether it's, you know, acute trauma or disease. But I genuinely believe that it is that emotional trauma stored in our body that leads to that disease. You know, if we were moving that energy and doing something about the trauma and relieving it, that affects our overall health and well-being. Of course, someone can argue that. And there are plenty of things. If you live somewhere where there's toxic chemicals being dumped into rivers where you are, you have a better shot of getting cancer than someone that doesn't. But when we do these things to actively heal our bodies, I believe that we can mitigate the disease that that ends up showing up later down the road. Well, I would say that the way that you think and feel is going to have a big effect. So, yeah. I mean, yes, you know, the emotional side of things is is a form of intelligence. And if that intelligence is not utilized, it's something that um, will definitely, I think, create a deficit in your ability to heal. So if you want to heal, you have to be able to use your emotional intelligence as a piece to the puzzle. And I think that that begins with some type of purging, something that's going to push you to the point to where you have to face and and release, you know, the initial the initial plug so that you can really start to deal with the emotional intelligence. I think there are more powerful ways than others. I lean towards putting myself in situations where you have to deal. There's no there's no way around it. You're in the midst of of the danger and and so you have to put into action the techniques that will really guide you but but you know um but will force you you know cold water is such a passive and powerful force you know i utilize the cold water daily to train my body so that really more than my body my mind so that i can learn how to deal with stress acute stress right in the moment mhm there has to be a transition point where you flip the switch and cold water forces you into that every single time, no matter how experienced you are, um, even what we say is being cold adapted, where the transition between not being in the cold and being in extreme cold can be a, a lot less impactful in the sense from the sense of just collecting yourself. You know, once you become cold adapted, the body, it's, it's very it's a very interesting process of the intention of the mind and the nervous system being in alignment. So this is something that you earn through the practice, but still, even being that person, the cold forces you every single time to step up and control your breath. Yes. And, and that learning that in the moment, right under pressure gives you a tool that will always help you under really any stress to understand that the breath can mitigate and change the way you view things. 
and 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 ultimately the way the way that you're dealing adapting to stress in the moment you know the way you're talking about this this is someone with a growth mindset this is how they think this is these are the activities we do i'm willing to be uncomfortable to grow and i learned about the cold water therapy and started doing it daily probably 12 years ago when i was i was still living in austin then and for me, it was just at the end of my shower, taking a five-minute cold shower. And then, you know, the cold plunge thing is now all the rage. And, you know, I can't afford to have one in my space because I don't have a space right now. <laughs> I'm in between homes. So there's a, there's a wellness center that I have been able to go to that has a cold plunge. But one of the things I recently saw, and I want to run by you, is that if you know, somebody doesn't have access to a place where they can go and and do cold therapy. I heard getting a bowl of water, filling it with ice and then and water, and then just laying your face directly into that bowl of water. What I heard is that that there's temperature receptors all around our face. It's accessing the vagus nerve, and that you can get that same experience that you would have had by doing the full body plunge, but just with your face. Yeah, there's an ancient mechanism called the mammalian dive response. And this is something that I think lends towards some some real, it's a real interesting mystery about our ancient past, but this is also an ancient mechanism that you can recruit through putting your face in water of you know so basically at a certain temperature the mammalian dive response kicks right in it doesn't have to be very cold i i'm i'm not exactly sure the temperature but once the facial nerves hit the cold water this creates the physiological effect and so you, your heart rate slows down blood pressure lowers there are definitely you're shifting into a parasympathetic state you know, or you're heavily influencing that through the autonomic nervous system. And so that's going to affect the vagus nerve, like you were saying, and, and its pathways and all different things that it's affecting. The vagus nerve has a, a tremendous effect overall on all of our survival mechanisms, you know, our heart rate and blood pressure and so forth. So when we just put the face in, it's a good hack. And I, and I recommend it. It's a good way to cool down the system. You know, you can, Train just your hands and feet as well. That's a really good way to cool the system. So if you didn't want to have to put your face in, you can just train the hands and feet. This is actually, I would say, foremost, you know, cutting edge ways of recovery in fitness is going to be through cooling. You know, it's the overheating of the system that essentially breaks us down. So cooling the system and why I recommend with a lot of the athletes that I work with that they actually do their cold training pre-workout, not post-workout, that they will see a, a tremendous amount of effects. I mean, the cold has, so, there's so many, we can definitely go down that route, but you know, there's so many things that we could talk about in regards to the cold, but the, a great hack is just learning how to train the mammalian dive response through the face. Okay. So the other thing in this wellness center that I go to, there's also the infrared sauna. 
Mm-hmm. So they have them in the same room, but I had learned what you're saying is you do the cold and then let yourself naturally warm back up and then get out in the wild and go on with your life. So the infrared sauna piece, where does that fit into, into this training of the nervous system? Sauna offers its values. I mean, you know, there's heat shock proteins, which are on the extreme end of, of training in the heat or utilizing the heat as a tool to help, you know, and, and from what I understand, and I, I have to be honest, I'm a little limited in the, in the heat therapy stuff because I don't do too much of it. I, I love the sauna. I have pushed myself in the sauna at really high temperatures and the effects are, are amazing. There's no question about it. I mean, if you think of the word sauna coming from the Finnish people, it's something that permeates all cultures. Everybody knows what the sauna is. And there's a whole lifestyle around the sauna. And, you know, and also it's, you know, oscillating with the cold. So using the cold as a way to knock off some of the heat so that you can come back in and have more communal time within the sauna. Because obviously the heat, it lends much more to like a communal type of activity. So people sit around the sauna and talk and there's philosophy and all the good stuff that, you know, again, ancient practice. This mm-hmm. is nothing. This is nothing new. And you can find this exact type of thing like in the hunter gatherer cultures around the world. So this is not a this is something that we've known for a very long time. The infrared sauna, I think, offers, you know, great benefits. You may have to spend a bit more time with the infrared than you would in other forms of more extreme, because I don't think the infrared gets as hot, does it? So my sister has one at her house that I, that I typically use and it go it's at 140 is the temperature of it. And, and you, and you can go lower than that, but that's the highest. And so that's what I typically crank it up to 140 choose the light color therapy that makes sense for me in that moment. And, you know, I try to give myself 45 minutes in there. If I'm in a hurry, it's 30 minutes. What are your Uh, feelings on it? How do you feel when you come out of it? I feel like it's a great detox. You know, I'm somebody that I use natural deodorants and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I smell, you know, and so I'm like, I can get in the sauna and just sweat out all of those toxins. And then I can go three days and not wear any deodorant and <laughs> not feel like a smell. So, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> at just least like you a- don't smell it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Brandon. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm with you on the sweat. So I do jujitsu. And jujitsu is, to me, one of the greatest forms of, of exercise. It's um, grappling, it's wrestling, and wrestling is everywhere in every culture, right? So the, the type of, of training that we do, though, is, is within the kimono, the gi is what we call it. And the, so the uniform is, you know, it lends towards more heat. So if you do if you do enough of the jujitsu, you learn really quick that you're going to sweat, and that sweat becomes something you really want to experience it because the way that we train, we spar usually every class, and the sparring is what creates all the the heat. So it's almost like a sauna suit in this way, and no joke, you could do a jujitsu workout and lose five pounds in the moment they are training. And 
And so that sweat, that detox, I'm with you hundred percent. I think there is something so beneficial and I really believe, and I don't think there's been any studies done on this, but I believe that jujitsu it's, it's effects are akin to the sauna because of this, this whole thing. I mean, it's a very communal thing. People come together, they train this stuff. It has a great effect on the body, the mind, all of this, and the the heat, the heat aspect of it. I mean, you can only do it to a point to where you just finally overheat. Yeah. You know, you and yeah. and I don't know. It there is something there that I think is, you know, if they were to study it, I think we would see that the heat shock proteins are available through that type of training. And that is what we're after. I mean, we want the effects. So when I asked you how you felt, you know, my my question was leaning towards this idea that really it's about the intuitive, innate understanding of ourselves and how do we process these things and do they call us back? You know, do we want to do it more? Because it's it's the regular, it's the repetition, it's the regular practice. You know, you can take a sauna, that's great. But if you do it all the time, it probably does lend towards longer life. Longevity yeah. is the key to the practices that I'm interested in. You know, I want to live. That's what I'm programmed to do, you know. And so at this point, if, you know, how can I optimize that? And again, it's like everything is technically based to me. Life is an art. And if we... We want to be good. You know, you can eat or you can really eat. You know what I mean? You can. And, and that's what's more basic in life than eating. You know, so you can really turn it into an art form. And there is this with everything. Yeah. We can we can. Most guys, we joke, most guys think they, they know how to fight. And they have never even been in a fight. And so how, how do they really, how can they really think this? Well, it's a trap of the ego and the mind, but there is a whole art and science behind fighting, just like there's a whole art and science behind loving, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's like, how do we optimize all of these things, which to me are just learning how to be the best human or at least live the most human. Yeah. And, you know, you saying that, like, what you know, what's more basic than eating? And it's breathing and breath work. All of these things that you're just talking about, our breath work can optimize it. Our breath work can optimize our lovemaking, you know, whether or not we can handle the cold or handle the heat. Because whenever I am getting uncomfortable in the sauna, you know, it, your breath starts getting a little more shallow. You have to really focus on the breath to get more comfortable in your body to be able to stay in there. And in the cold plunge, it's getting control of my breath before I even step my foot into that tub because immediately upon doing that, you know, again, the breath is the first thing to go. It gets so shallow. And so when you're teaching people the Wim Hof method and, and the importance of breath, you know, I think the most important thing to say is that it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. You know, learning to breathe is uncomfortable. Well, that's Wim's whole message is a little discomfort will bring you into more comfort. You know, I mean, you're, you're going to feel 
So I like Jocko Willink a lot. Jocko says discipline equals freedom. And that that type of mentality goes right into this concept of what Wim talks about when he's saying getting uncomfortable will make you more comfortable in life. And it's it's okay to be a little externally tough. Internally, what you find out is in nature, nature makes you a little externally tough and internally more fluid, softer, more receptive, you know, and I think this is a great balance for the human and maybe more connected to the way that we have existed for hundreds of thousands of years before industrialization, you know, and the idea that we're just connecting back into something that is very much human in this concept. Getting a little uncomfortable will make you more comfortable. You know, Wim says the cold is my warm teacher. I mean, all the irony is there and it's real, you know, and for me, Wim was the reason I do the Wim Hof method. The reason I coach the Wim Hof method is because I love Wim. Wim's the man, you know, and I, I have nothing but good things to say about Wim. He's a human just like the rest of us. He's fallible just like anybody else. You know, he did have a, a method named for him because he put it to the test. And that's really his thing, you know, and that's that to me is what I admire about him. I, I love the, the work that he's done. I love his message. I do teach breath work and I teach breath work specific to his style and, you know, the other practices that I think connect very well. Like with Wim's method, essentially, you learn how to escalate. There's also the process of de-escalation, and so that needs to be understood as well. And I like to keep things very simple. I think that there is a real power in a, a simplistic way. Like, if I can teach my kids this thing, um, if I can spread this to anybody, then then it's a powerful method. You know, you can make things very complex, and and I don't think that that necessarily makes them better. You know, the the overall goal with the Wim Hof method is to push yourself a little bit in the practice so that you can learn how to optimize your breathing just throughout the day in a very calm way. So it's a you know, we exercise, but we don't exercise all day. You know what I mean? We exercise so that we can utilize the benefits of that. And the Wim Hof method it, it, I, that approach really speaks to me and that's the way that he does it. And, and then there's a, a litmus test in the cold, you know, the cold is going to push your breathing again. It's going to make you breathe a certain way. And what you find out is, Hey, we've been training this, this exact form of stressed breathing. We've been training this and we've been doing it in a way where we're very calm and relaxed. So there's this, there's this paradox. We're training stress, hormetically speaking. That's what we're doing. We're training the, the breath in order to utilize the benefits of the hormones, right? And so we are putting ourselves in this situation, but we're doing it in a way that's very calm. And so that's the story we're telling ourselves so that when we enter stress and the breath kicks into this, well, we know how to calm ourselves because we've been... We, we've utilized this practice over and over again. So 
I'm biased. I love the Wim Hof method <laughs> because I use it daily and I think it's really effective. And I, I do train other practices, but to me, this is the most studied method out there. It gives you what you're really looking for. I think within breath work, you know, it might not be for everybody, but I have seen its long reaching effects and how many people young and old can come to this type of practice, understand it. And to me, you know, that's why I've, I've given myself to it versus other practices, you know. Now, if someone is new and they want to start studying and practicing the Wim Hof method, and you say this is a daily practice, when is the best time of day? Is this something you wake up in the morning, you want to do this kind of thing first thing to get your day started? Yeah, that's what we, we recommend generally, is that you do it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. You know, that's the best way to really get the the benefits. I mean, I, but that being said, it's a technique that you're supposed to use when you need it in the moment. Mm -hmm. So, and there, there are reasons like, you know, what Wim did was show that he could suppress inflammatory responses in the face of these, what, what they call, you know, cytokines, or he took an endotoxin injection and the endotoxin sets off all the bells and whistles. It's like your body is being invaded. It's, it's, it's like, you know, and we're, we have a pathogen that's creating sickness like E. coli. Okay. So the, the body and, and when was a part of the, a long-term study, you know, I think it was from 2011 to 2013, there were a lot of participants, a thousand plus participants who had all taken this this thing and all gotten sick. And then Wim demonstrates that he can suppress his immune response with the breath. It always comes back to the breath. So first priming the system with the technique and then staying conscious with the breathing. So it's meant to be utilized as a tool in the real, you know, first in the moment. So we can train it isolated, do that first thing in the morning. That's a great way to wake up, invigorate yourself, turn on everything, make yourself, you know, I mean, I, people are going to approach this in different ways. I like to be in the sun. I like the morning sun, first thing coming up, doing my breath work, you know, connecting to what I think is the source. For me, this is really valuable. I mean, breath is life anyway. So to actually just put my focus there for a minute, we know that 30 minutes of breath work is more potent than 30 minutes of just sitting there mindfully. So you might as well do something. And that's the, that's, that's the reason that I do it this way. So yes, I think first thing in the morning is the answer to that question. But All right, Brandon. So I typically am one of those wake, bake, meditate, move energy kind of a gal. So what is your position on cannabis-infused breath work? Let me sip this. <laughs> Cannabis infused breath work. Well, I'll put it to you this way. You ain't the only one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's, look, I think that a lot of people come to the breath work because of its effect on the endogenous cannabinoid system. The cold and the breath together is the Wim Hof method. And we know, scientifically speaking, because we got 10 years on that research, 
now over a decade, really. The first, we became a method in 2012. So here we are 11 years later. We have solid research that says the Wim Hof method gives us these results, which is, is that it reduces flu-like symptoms by 80%. Now I'm getting to your cannabis question. So the cannabis to me is a great way. I'm speaking anecdotally here, but it's a great way to connect to something, to the spirit of the plant and also to, to, and I, I understand the wake and bake because this, if you're, if you are a cannabis user, you, you, everyone knows that the wake and bake is a, a, a way to really turn on first thing in the morning and to feel like it's a feel, right? The music feels better. The sunshine is brighter. The, 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 everything can be better. If you're attuned to that, it doesn't necessarily have to go that way, but for yeah. sure the wake and bake can turn you on. So I think that you should experiment. I think it's good to explore and to utilize it as a, as a way. This is a very ancient thing as well. I mean, if you look at the, how far cannabis use goes back and how in some ways it's, it's very connected to monastic lifestyles. It's very connected to the spiritual lifestyle. The word ganja comes from Sanskrit. It's a, it's an ancient word. And the practices that I'm so interested in quite often are heavily rooted in yoga. The Wim Hof method being specifically that the yoga and these ancient practices and cannabis was a sacrament. So breath work and cannabis together is something that has gone on for a very long time. Now we like to modernize and re reduce everything in the, the glasses that we like to perceive everything through these days, right? The scientific lens. And I think that you can focus in on good negatives or positives through science, right? And, you know, so some people are going to be detracting. They're going to be detractors. No, you should be a purist. You'll never develop your lungs properly if you're smoking and doing this. And, you know, and I've definitely heard that, you know, a lot of people think that Wim is a big cannabis user. He is not. I'm speaking for him. I hope nobody gets upset <laughs> about that, but I'm just going to put that out there. He's not. But strangely enough, there have been cigarettes burned. You know what I mean? So you're going to have your purists who say one thing. I lean towards the fact that is an ancient practice and I enjoy exercising the cannabinoid system. So for me, it makes a lot of sense. And if you're the type of person with the right strain who understands his or her energy, you know, that if you understand your energy, then you, you know that the cannabis can lean towards really amplifying you and lifting you up and making you feel great. And breath work is only going to support that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it can heighten your senses, tune in, tap in, turn on, you know, those things are possible and amplifies the high 
when you mix breath work and cannabis. Of course it does. You know, you can microdose <laughs> and feel like you're baked off your ass. You can mega dose too. The the <laughs> the thing is is like it's it it definitely it definitely amplifies it. And if I'm being completely honest and I have been around I've been around thousands of, of breathwork practitioners. Thousands, no no question. And I've been around hundreds and hundreds of teachers. You know, I taught for WIM for a while. At, or I should say I taught for the academy for a while and taught taught WIM's teachers for about four years, a, a part of the the teach the teachers program. The you know, so I I've seen a lot of of practitioners and most of them smoke. Most of them enjoy cannabis, but they enjoy cannabis usually. And and I would say they're usually not drinkers. And this is something that I've also known in the fighting world. Fighters tend to be tend to be cannabis users and tend not to be drinkers. Now, that's not always the case. There's plenty of drinking that goes on. But I'm just saying they tend towards cannabis as a way of of medicine. So when people talk about, oh, cannabis is medicine or it's not medicine, you know, that's BS. It's not real. You know, well, these guys use it for medicine. And what I mean by that is it it lifts them up, gives them energy. But it also you could almost say it's like a performance enhancer for some of these guys. And then there's the other side of of, you know, just it, it relaxes us. It takes us out of pain. I mean, because, you know. There's a lot of pain in physical training. So I see it in all of these worlds. And and I know that, you know, it, it just is what it is. Cannabis and breath work is a is a is a couple. Yeah. 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 It's a dynamic duo. Yeah. Well, and you know, you talking about the endocannabinoid system it parallels and interacts with our endorphins, our inflammatory system, all of these things, like they all kind of interact and can work along those same lines. Well, you're so, affecting your blood pressure. You're you're affecting certain things that are going to, to simulate in your body these, these, like, let's say stresses that release, you know, could be adrenaline, norepinephrine. So these, these various things that are charging you and making you feel the type of effects, high stoned, whatever you want to call it. Right. I do think there's a difference. Honestly, we could talk about that, but uh, I agree yeah. Well, it, because when you were talking about the woman in the beginning who was in so much pain coming to your workshop with cancer eating up her body, you know, that breath work triggered that pain relieving system that it, I'm assuming it's the ECS. Is it? I, yes, absolutely. Okay. And so we know that like, that's not speculative at all. There was a 2018 study at Wayne state university done with Wim Hof where he demonstrated in an fMRI, they were studying his brain. They had him in this really interesting suit where they're circulating cold water over the surface of his skin. So it's, it's like a suit where the water is trapped between the skin and the suit you know, internally, and it's just being circulated 50 degree water. And they're studying his brain in relation to all of this stuff and the breath work. When they had him do his breathing techniques, he's tapping into aspects of the brain, areas of the brain that are connected to our pain relief, 
natural pain relief. And so endogenous cannabinoids, opioids are flooding the system, you know, and we know that that's what cold water does. Cold water connects us probably it's next to cannabis. And so, so there, that takes us to another, not just breath work and cannabis, but cold water and cannabis. Okay. Talk to me. Yeah. So uh, another, (laughs) because I get cold when I, if I smoke and I'm just sitting at my desk working, I feel like I get colder. Like my temperature drops a little bit just from consuming cannabis. So that's blood, blood pressure shift again. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so, you know, it is having an effect on the body. I mean, there's no question, you know, the mind you know, sometimes we sacrifice a little, right? Mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. the, the the mental effects are sometimes worth what it's doing to the body. Well, <laughs> well, so it's a good understanding to, or it's a good, you know, thing to understand. And you can use breath work in the moment to temper any type of anxiety or, you know, depression. Both of these things can be either lifted or cooled off in order to, 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 to bring about the effect. And so cannabis, sometimes for people, I know it creates anxiety and, you know, you can absolutely use the breath work right there in the moment to, to, to affect the system. So like in, in the States where that's happening, blood pressure and those things are, you know, can be affected by the cannabis, but also by the breath work. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so syst- systolic pressure, for instance, is affected by cannabis. And so raising up systolic blood pressure can make you feel cold. Okay, so it's there's, you know, these effects. So now talk a little bit. How would you use cannabis with the cold therapy? Smoke and get in. super easy yeah it's pretty easy (laughs) you know or or smoke when you get out to me it's all and 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 look this sometimes you know maybe doesn't give everybody what they're looking for as an answer but what i'm looking for is a bit of enjoyment and so i realized that for, for the enjoyment the mental state this is like my spiritual so for me, turning on the ability to sense the the deeper unity to God or the connective spirit or whatever you want to call it, like for me to turn on all these things, cannabis, cold water, music, music is a big one, again, affecting all these systems. Like this is all play, but in order for it to become play, you first have to, you have to work, you have to mold it into that. So, you know. For some people, they come to jujitsu class the first time, and it is very stressful. It is very stressful to have another man on top of you, holding you down, sweating on you, trying to choke, <laughs> trying to choke the life out of you. Especially, yeah, exactly. It's very stressful, and you know, you just thought you were going to learn some ground karate. You had no idea <laughs> that there was really going to be somebody who was coming to kill you, and 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 then like smile at you after it's over with and give you a hug and say, it's all good, man. It's all good. Let's keep going. And then, you know, then there's the next guy and it just keeps happening or even worse, you know, you're a big man and some tiny little man destroys you or female. It happens all the time. A really good female 
kicks a man's butt and they have to learn how to deal with that. And that stress can be something that does not seem fun. But if you hang in there a couple of years later, you'll be in a space where it's all fun. It's all play. Does, you can make it very serious and you can make it a combative thing, you know, but in the day to day training, there is a camaraderie and a friendship and a play aspect that comes because you understand the art now. And so for me, that's where all of this stuff kind of, I think, should go. The, the cold should be something that you have reverence for, that you take serious. But at the same time, once you pass into it, and you're adapted and you're with it, that spirit is something that you can play with. Like yeah. for, I grew up, I grew up and all I wanted to do, Joe, all I wanted to do was be a musician, make money playing music. And, you know, I continue that that's all integrated into my workshops and everything that I do now is I present the Wim Hof method with breath work and everything to music. And we really try to raise people's spirits. You know, if you read about me on the Wim Hof method.com, you can see all my reviews and you can read everything. I think it's a good resource to understand what my workshops are like and what we do. But the music was everything. But when I found cannabis in music and I started to really understand that connection between cannabis and music and then things really changed for me. I all of a sudden understood reggae <laughs> fully. <laughs> and, uh, you know, guys like Bob Marley became my favorite music in all, in all of the world. But there was a lot of, you know, there's so much great music out there. And you realize, like, just the spirit. I mean, we tap into the cannabinoid system through music, through singing, through vocalization, through breath work, through all of these things, because it is the, it is the, it is the vagus nerve, the, parasympathetic nervous system, all of these things are influencing the cannabinoids. This is pain relief. So it's natural. Cannabis is a substitute. It's a, no, maybe not a substitute, but a, a, what am I, what's the word I'm looking a for? Supplements. It's a supplement. There you go. It's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. And so it's something that, that increases the cannabinoid effect. But the, the thing is, is that you can touch this without it, but it certainly doesn't hurt when you got it as a part of the whole thing and music and that thing going into that space and cannabis and, and how that affects the brain. It, it's, it's tremendous, you know? So one of the things that you just said made me think of something else I learned where sound and vibration, how this can affect us. So nose breathing versus mouth breathers. So whenever we're breathing through our nose, nitric oxide, which in that like laughing gas, if you went to the dentist, um, nasal, is, nasal nitric oxide. When yes. Breathing so through. it's, so it is created. And I had learned that if I am breathing through my nose and then I hum on the exhale, hmm, then this creates more nitric oxide, makes the oxygen more available to be released in my lungs, whatever. So I'm on a hike. It's called the Andiamo Trail, the hardest one at this park near where I lived. And it is just, it's uphill the whole way, different grades. And I would get really winded. There'd be times I'd have to stop. And so I learned about this and 
I tested it out on that hike when, as I was breathing, I was just humming on the exhale, doing all of my breathing through my nose. I never had to stop. I never got so winded that I was having to mouth breathe. And so there, you know, there's little things like that, that our body is capable of and that we can turn these things on. But I'd love for you to talk. I have a dog that I'm no sitting. Can you hear him right now? A little bit, but it's okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's staring at me crying, but there's different things that we can turn on and off. So I would love for you to talk about the important distinction between nose breathing and mouth breathing. Sure. Nose breathing is optimal breathing. So as a daily regular breather, you don't want to breathe through your mouth, but some people can't help it. You know, there are issues deviated septums and various problems that create the the need to mouth breathe more regularly, close, smaller airway pipes. I mean, there's, you know, James Nestor has a good book out called Breath where he really goes into the various things that, you know, go along with breathing dysfunction or what can cause breathing dysfunction. And so breathing through the nose is optimal. And so we want to get to the point to where we're breathing through the nose. And yes, you create, you bring in nitric oxide. Nitric oxide creates dilation through the system. Dilation, we connect dilation to a parasympathetic nature. Constriction is sympathetic. Constriction is the pooling of the blood moving towards the core of the body, right? It's, it's constriction in the extremities. It's constriction in the airways, constriction to the brain even. So blood is, is, you know, moving just to where it needs to for survival. So mouth breathing lends towards that sympathetic state, which is constriction. And especially when it's a very stressed mouth breath and nose breathing, especially at a very relaxed level where you have these, you know, these very extended exhales lends towards these parasympathetic states, which are very restful. And so nasal Nitric oxide is created in the in the nose breath, but when you exercise quite often, especially in the extremes, you're going to be forced to breathe through your mouth. We simulate that a bit more in the Wim Hof method. You don't have to breathe through your mouth for the Wim Hof method, but it definitely helps to recruit those sympathetic states, which will which are created, you know, through the mouth breathing and, and in a really stressed breath. You're going to be breathing through the mouth because you need to move the air fast. Or when your body, let's say, takes over, if you're in a very stressed situation where the body is creating a physiological response that you can see in the breath, like the panic breath where you're <laughs> everything is, you know, really fast up high in the in the lungs and you're breathing out of control, erratic. This is, you know, constriction. This is, this is essentially, you know, something that has this particular effect that we want to take advantage of in small doses in the Wim Hof method, right? And we want to take advantage of that, let's say, in exercise as well in small doses. So pushing yourself into a mouth breath is not bad. But like if, if I'm in a, let's say I, I like to exercise and run a good bit. So when I run, Optimally, I know I should be breathing through my nose, but there are points in times where I, you know, I will switch into mouth breathing when I need to, if I'm pushing myself hard. And then when I come back, I bring it back to the nose breath. So I think conscious breathing is what 
you're really trying to develop overall to be a very good, strong, conscious breather and use the breath how it's needed in the moment. Again, goes back to the idea that the Wim Hof breathing is a technique. If I feel sickness coming on, this is the, the optimal time to use the Wim Hof breathing technique to try and blow off CO2, alkalize the blood. From there, when we alkalize the blood, we, we get into connecting into our pain receptors. We're increasing adrenaline, so we're lowering inflammatory response in regards to it. See, that's what happens when we go into these survival states. The body is prepared to do all kinds of things, right? Without a whole lot of intuitive thinking, quite often the body will lead the mind. So the, the idea that we can use the breath in various ways, depending on what we need from it. Optimally, yes, breathe through your nose. You really want to breathe through your nose when you're sleeping. So where a lot of dysfunction comes is in poor breathing during sleep. And this is where people will tend to mouth breathe and will, you know, that's why there's this like this fad of taping the mouth shut, you know, for sleeping. Seems like a nightmare to me, taping my mouth <laughs> shut, but, 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 you know, cause if I need to mouth breathe, I want to be able to. Because again, in certain cases, you might need to. Now, you don't want to lay with your jaw open, but there are various types of snorers too. So not everybody snores for the same reason, but snoring is not exact. It's a, it's a sign of poor breathing. You know, you ever get a stitch in your side from when you run? Yes. This is also a sign of poor breathing. So we can have effects, you know, deep physiological effects from bad breathing. Optimally, breathe through your nose. This is the best way. And so it's good to train your breath in that way. I train my nose breathing through de-escalation practices, long exhale practices. I train my mouth breathing through fast, rapid breathing because that's what it lends towards in that sympathetic state. So I think both are great tools and both, you, you, anyway. Well, so Wim, Hof, so doing the Wim Hof in the morning, that is uh, that mouth breathing. You know, you're getting Can be. that going. Yes. So then when you are trying to train the other and calm yourself down, it's just like light breathing through our nose and extending the exhale. I mean, when you're training that, what does that look like? Well, there's a lot of methods. There's one, the four, seven, eight breath that's talked about a lot. There's so many practices out there, yeah. things that I like, if I'm going to offer what I like, if we want to keep it very simple, double the exhale ratio, ratio to inhale ratio. So if I breathe in for four count, I'm going to breathe out for eight count, or I might even try to triple that. I might try to breathe in for four, breathe out for 12 or breathe okay. in for four, breathe out for 16 really extend the exhale for as long as I can. Okay. So it's a, it's a long exhale in regards to the inhale ratio, but there are other practices Four, seven, eight. That's a big one. Breathe in for four, hold the breath for seven on the inhale, breathe out for eight, breathe in for four, hold the inhale, breathe out for eight. That's the four, seven, eight breath. You have box breathing. Box breathing is breaking it down, say, four in, four hold, four out, four hold. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I do now, that one. Yeah, that's a that's a basic practice. I wouldn't say that that is for necessarily getting into the deepest part of the parasympathetic, but it kind of it it it's, it's sort of like an in between practice. It does mm-hmm. good. It turns everything on. I the other like alternated nostril breathing. That's a good. Um, that's a good breath for for breathing through the nose. And look, there are plenty of exciting breath work practices through the nose too. So when I say exciting, I mean exciting the physiology. So breath of fire can be done through the nose. The thing about the nose breath, if you take a nose breath in, you can feel the deep connection to the diaphragm through the nose breath. And the not, you know, the diaphragm is the motor of the lungs. It's what's operating the lungs. And so the nose and the diaphragm, because the nose breath spins the air, it slows the the passage down. Um, you know, it's filtering the air, obviously spinning it, slowing it down. It makes us connect deeply to our diaphragmic breath. So you can connect the nose breath and the diaphragm breath to rapid <laughs> type practices, breath of fire. Wim Hof method is, is, is sort of like that in that same way. Again, it's blowing off CO2, altering the blood, you know, what Wim's practice has, which is really interesting is it will do 40, say 30, 40 breaths fast, but then we go into a breath hold. So we're training the breath hold. Now the breath hold has its benefits. Science isn't really that interested in the breath holding. They're interested in the rapid breathing and how that changes the chemistry of the body, you know, and that's, that's what makes it, um, you know, I think again, kind of reduces it. They say the breath hold doesn't detract from anything, but ultimately what's creating the adrenal responses are us breathing fast. So we can move the air much faster with the mouth, but I feel there's a deeper connection through the nose breathing. You know what I mean? So clearing out the the nostrils either way, that's a good way. But that's a that's, you know, yoga is a practice of cleansing the body. And that is like a clearing the path so that you can enter into other breathwork spaces with a clear sinus with, you know, the ability to breathe optimally. Yeah. So the breathing through the nose, like I feel that in my upper body when I mouth breathe, I feel like I can push my air to the lower part of my body. So there's a practice called Human Garage, and it's about breath work, breath work and, and fascial movement and maneuvering. And, you know, the, the majority of that work, you are doing a lot of mouth breathing as you're, you know, stretching and torquing your body. And, you know, whenever I feel myself starting to get sick, I will do the 15-minute organ reset. And a lot of that requires that, that belly breathing, the mouth breathing. And, and so, yeah, I like the way you say it's about being conscious with your breath. It's knowing that you have this toolkit and choosing the right thing in that right moment. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's very hard. I mean, so if I feel stress, the first thing I do is just take a deep breath. It could be anything stressing me out, and it's just one deep breath. Quite often, you know, to get that breath in, I will breathe through my mouth, you know, to just really fill up. So I feel like 
the mouth breath is something that's sometimes put down, you know, in the breathing community, people are, you know, they would, everybody wants to see you lean towards the nose breathing. I think it's, yeah, it's both. You, you have to train both and that will make you more conscious overall of what it is that is occurring. I think it's really listening to the body and that's whims thing is like developing a, a deeper internal connection. And that's what conscious breathing can help you do. Totally. And th- that's the, the whole practice of being a human and being alive in this world is consciously listening to our bodies and our higher self and, and then what's coming at us from this external matrix that we're a part of and being able to move through it in in some sort of a flow. Now, where does Alpha <laughs> Hippie come from? Because to me, this is exactly what that is. <laughs> well, Alpha Hippie was a brand okay. that was a buddy of mine, Angelo Cisco. He had a brand called Alpha Hippie, and he had a podcast. I think I was on that podcast a couple of okay, times. Okay, maybe that's right. Maybe I heard you on that. I don't know, but I'm like Alpha Hippie. So there's a lot of Alpha groups. Hippies. There's a lot of Alpha Hippies that are into the Wim Hof method. I would say the first group that I was a part of, we, I, you know, I was a part of the very first instructor group that came out, international instructor group. And yeah, you get a lot of these alpha folks who show up and, and it's like almost like an external alpha. They seem alpha, but really once, once you see them expose themselves and create a level of vulnerability, which I think comes out in self-improvement type of work, I think it's very important to understand your own story and and then try to optimize the way that you perceive it through your language. And so I know that Mark England connected us and that type of thing is so important. And I think that, as you know, Mark's part of Mark's practice is breath work, mm-hmm. breath work in order to process the shifts that can occur in perspective when you utilize the right language in the moment. And for me, conquering or not conquering, because there's no such thing, but attuning and working with the nervous system, which is all, all my work is based on this. Simply put, I am a coach who's interested in optimizing people's nervous systems and helping them do that, you know, and the language that you use in the moment is so important because it's guiding you. So if you're going to get into the ice bath, if you're going to do take on any physical challenge, you know, how you're perceiving that internally is completely tied into the language that you're using. And so all of these things are things that need to be isolated and then can be worked. But then the, the symbiotic relationship that comes in and the fact that we can use them in the moment you know, these tools that to me is, is the, the trifecta of say mindset, breath work, and then the, the stress, whatever that stress is, that thing that you're using it with in the moment. Yeah. You know, you said something when we first talked that comfort is escapism and that, you know, a lot of times we use cannabis as a way to tune out instead of tuning in or 
not trying some of these things because there is some discomfort involved. And, you know, the act of just being here alive on this planet right now, like there's a reason that we chose to be here at this time. This is not a comfortable time to be alive. There is a lot happening in the world. There are huge shifts happening in the matrix. And I think that there are a lot of people that are putting their head in the sand and just wanting to stay comfortable through this whole thing. And so I guess I kind of want to wrap up our chat with this idea of if you are somebody that has a growth mindset and you recognize that discomfort is the way through, that's something that you and I innately do. But there are people, those that are sitting there super comfortable, that maybe want to step out of that comfort zone and and actually engage in life in a much bigger way. I feel like the things that you teach, you know, combining these things together, this it's all free. Breathing and cold water and being out in the sunshine. And, you know, the only thing that's going to cost money is that cannabis unless you're growing it in your backyard. So, you know, these are a lot of tools that we can use to move past our comfort zone and really engage in life in a really big way and to be somebody that can affect positive change in the world right now. So I appreciate who you are and what you do. So anything that I didn't ask you, if you have final thoughts about that, I'd love for you to just bring us home. Well, I appreciate what you're saying. I mean, I I try to walk the walk or walk the talk or whatever. I'm not really interested. Yeah, I'm not really interested in sharing things that I don't do. Again, my training, it comes back to experiencing things in life that can be hard and stressful. You know, you made the comment that we're living in a time of of great shift, but I think it's always been like this. You know, I mean, you know, Mongol hordes were knocking on the door at some point, you know, and life could probably be pretty sad back then, <laughs> pretty, pretty hard. Sure. You know Technology what I mean? <laughs> just puts it all in our face right now. Well, what has happened is that comfort is not necessarily our friend and neither is culture sometimes. So culture is not necessarily our friends and, and comfort's not necessarily our friends. Both can be tremendous, but the I like to be comfortable sometimes. I certainly do, but I recognize that it makes a lot of sense to stress the body in order to feel more comfortable in the long run. You know, there's a famous quote by Terrence McKenna, and he says that nature rewards courage. And I really believe this. And I think that quite often when we perceive something as difficult, what we find is, is that if we just alter our perspective by stepping through the door, that on the other side, there is a feather bed. It's not what you think it's going to be quite often. And those misconceptions, misperceptions are 
tied directly to our language, our story, the way that we're seeing things. And if we can learn how to shift that language by the experience, you know, you actually have to do it. You don't even have to be good at it. You know, you can have great effects sucking at something and just trying it. But the the thing is, is that if you go through the doorway and you just do it, you find two things. You get a little tougher and and on the other side, because you're a little tougher, there is some relief. And I feel like the nervous system is simple. There's forward, there's backward, and then there's this freeze state. And that freeze state is the paralysis by analysis. We can't move forward. We can't move backward. We have to take control of our breath and then decide which way we want to go. You go back, you live to fight another day, but nothing shifts. Nothing changes. You go forward, you move into the stress, and then you get the reward system on the other side. That's the dopamine. See, cold water offers a 250% increase in dopamine. So if you think about that shift, and that's after two minutes, two to three minutes in the cold, right? So you go through the process, you make your adaption point, and then once you pass through that, you get this reward system. And that's why I think it's the Wim Hof method is like this closed loop system. It's beautiful. It's intention, it's action, it's reward. And that that is something that feeds the soul, you know, and it's something that helps us get through things when we know we can get through things. And so for me, you know, that's what we're trying to figure out in life. And there are really ancient ways that we can modernize and utilize to help us navigate the current thing. I lean towards this fact that we shouldn't let go of one skill set for another. And, you know, so there's a real reason to, to cultivate these ancient things in order to better perceive what's coming at us right now. And comfort is something that anybody can seemingly get to at this point in life. I mean, not maybe not anybody, but for sure in our country, you know, people can get comfortable and it's choosing a bit of discomfort that I think will actually benefit you the most if you want to see results at being a better person. And that's I love it. Now, Brandon, if people want to follow you in your journey, learn more about what you offer, if they wanted to cruise out to North Carolina for one of your sessions. Sure. Um, I'm all over the place. There's a couple of things that you can look at, but the Wim Hof site at WimHofMethod.com will have several of you know my current events. And I actually travel all over the country teaching you know, pre Pre-COVID, I was all around the world. Now we're we're in the States, all over the place. I do a lot of stuff on the East Coast, but I am out West a bit. If you're interested in a workshop, talk to me. We're at Brandon Powell 396 at Instagram, also on fire, onphyr.com and onphyr at Instagram. And so onfire.com, on fire at Instagram. And then we're also at a Contact at the Cabin. Contact at the Cabin is a group that I work with doing retreats. Our retreats are the best. That's where you really get the most. So, so through the immersive work, um, I was just in Utah for a week. We were 
packed in 30 feet of snow. Amazing. I had everybody walking around in t-shirts and shorts and barefoot in the snow and everybody was super happy and warm. And we're going to be in British Columbia in November. That's going to be amazing. Hot springs work and the cold plunging in the river. So yeah, contact at the cabin.com. But any of this stuff can be found on my link trees at either one of my Instagram. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. The breath, it seems so simple. It's something that we we just do. We don't have to think about it. But when we do think about it, we can optimize our lives. And that's what's really fucking cool about it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was awesome to talk to you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for hanging out. Are you inspired to do the uncomfortable thing, get a little tougher, and experience relief? If so, I hope you'll share this podcast with your smoke circle. And then head over to the podcast 246 show notes at casuallybaked.com to learn more about Brandon, the Wim Hof Method, and links to resources to continue the homework. Now, I tried out the face-only cold plunge, and I gotta say, it is very uncomfortable. Like I was waterboarding myself uncomfortable. I'd honestly rather submerge my entire body into an ice bath for four minutes instead of holding my breath and plunging my face into ice water. But I will say it is a convenient, quick, and free alternative. Give it a shot and then message me and let me know your experience. And if you're interested in networking, business collaborations, or wellness lifestyle coaching with yours truly, Email your messages, requests, or can of curious questions through the website at casuallybaked.com, or you can always DM me on social. When I'm there, I'm at casuallybaked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Truth Social. However you decide to support yourself, our community, and this highly responsible cannabis movement, thank you for doing your part to puff puff pass it on yes is a hot time we had a hot time together casually baked the podcast was created recorded and produced by yours truly editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Jamie Humiston at Podconnects the podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend Seth Walker if you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.